0: I learned a lot about investing by learning more about entrepreneurship, because if you're a great entrepreneur, if you're good at sales, if you understand marketing, then you can assess these companies that you want to invest in.
1: Welcome to the Everything is Influence podcast. This podcast is dedicated to help you understand why human beings do the things they do and ultimately how you can work with human psychology to influence change and get people to do what you want them to. Whether this is your clients, your prospects, your kids, your spouse, or anyone you come into contact with, this show will give you the tools of influence so that you can become more, unlock your true potential, and serve even more powerfully than you already do. My name is Eli Wilde. Let's dive in. So hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Everything is Influence podcast. And we have an amazing guest today. And like always, we always dig into the four levels of influence. Ultimately, what has influenced this amazing human to become, uh, who they become, their model of the world, how they see life, what are their routines, how have they shaped their own life, and how do they take their mission, their values, and how do they see the process of sales? How do they take what's inside of their mind and begin to transfer that to another human being how do they do that individuals? How do they do that to groups? And where we're gonna to start today is at the highest level, legendary influence. How have they taken their genius and put it out into the world at scale through people and process? So without any further ado, uh, Ms. Kiana Dell, how are you?
0: I am doing well. How are you doing today?
1: I'm amazing. And uh, yeah, we're in, so we were just talking, we're in the, uh, a similar mastermind, same mastermind, with Myron Golden. So I've seen you there. I saw you speak at Funnel Hacking Live. Um, I got your book here. I've thumbed through it. And I started watching some of your YouTube videos and I was like, wow, this girl girl knows her stuff. And so I was really impressed and excited to talk to you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Awesome. Um, So if we could start off with, if you could let everybody know um, what you do, uh, what you do in the world, what's your company, what's your business, what what are you guys up to?
0: Right, So I'm the founder of the Investiva movement. You can call me the CEO of Investiva movement. The name is kind of interchangeable, Kiana, Danielle, and Investiva. But our mission is to help moms take control of their financial future. And we do that via financial literacy, investing, and increasing their income. So I started out more on the um, investing side, and we got into financial literacy, personal finance side. And now are okay i know how to invest but i don't have enough money so now we teach them how to increase their income so Mm -hmm. we do that through this thing called the zen wealth generator and we've been able to impact hundreds of thousands of moms lives and it has been absolutely amazing
1: so you primarily help just women you have help guys too
0: well it's interesting because my goal my mission what i'm called out for is to help moms But of course, it's financial literacy. Everybody needs to be on top of it. 30% of our students are men. Before, it used to be a lot even more because I didn't know how to do my influence correctly to influence moms. And because investing in general is a very male-dominated field, I used to have 80% men. And then we had to shift and understand how to influence moms to actually become interested in this topic. And that is when things really took a turn. But um, no, we're, we're exclusive, uh, we have so many amazing men, as long as you're supportive of our mission, then you're absolutely welcome to join.
1: Awesome, you know, I, I, there's, I was watching, I was watching last night, uh, this TV show Ballers with The Rock, you ever seen this?
0: Oh, no, <laughs> I don't I watch that much TV. TV, the only TV show I watch is The Bachelor, and it's my like guilty feeling TV show. They,
1: they asked me to be on that thing like eight times, Wow, that's awesome. um, not to be like the dude, but to be one of the, you know, the, the bachelorette, I would have been one of the, one of them. Um, but yeah, I, I try not to, but these dudes are like financial investors and it's got me thinking, um, about like finances and all these swinging big deals and stuff. But what, what is your day to day? Like, you know, cause it's not, I guess, uh, hanging out with football teams and, you know, trying to close big name clients or, or is it, what is it like for you?
0: So it's interesting because even though I teach investing, right? So that is what I teach and that is what I do, but I don't. So what I do differently that most people think is that I don't day trade. I don't trade. Like, it's not like I'm stuck to my screen all day. I do not day trade. I used to do that in the past. I found out for a retail trader, if you're not a professional, like hedge funder, they are doing day trading, managing other people's money. It absolutely makes no sense to do day trading. And I had absolutely no desire to do that, especially after I became a mom. So I only manage my portfolio as an investor twice a month. Hmm. And um, I have a $5 million portfolio that I run and it's sufficient. If you're a value investor, you don't need any more than that. Even if the markets are going up and down, if you do the fundamentals right, if you set set it up right, then you don't really have to do it every single day. In fact, it's better not to take a look at your portfolio every single day because otherwise you're going to get emotional. So the rest of my time is actually focused on reaching my voice and writing books and doing podcasts like this and, and moving the investment movement so that more people become in control, getting in control of their financial future. So I'm more, my day-to-day is more an entrepreneur than it is an mm-hmm. investor.
1: What would you say is different about your process? So the helps-
0: process is different that in a way that, um, so majority of people, there are two types of people who get into the markets, right? Mm-hmm. There are two reasons why they get into the markets. One is hype and FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh my gosh, I heard about this thing. Elon Musk said Dogecoin. Elon Musk said this. I heard about this on Twitter. Uber, my Uber driver, my cousin said this, by that, especially in cryptocurrencies, which is one of the things I, I invest in cryptocurrencies and stocks. And so that is type one, people who get in because they feel like they're missing out. And type two are the people who are actually looking for capital gains or maybe even income, but they really don't know where to get started. And they just randomly select an asset and they're just going in round tables and then eventually they will catch FOMO as well. So the way that we do our process, the investing process, and it can be applicable to any asset, even though I only invest in stocks and cryptocurrencies, is that we look at the markets, or your investment strategy from five points. I call it the Investiva Diamond Analysis. Like the our logo is a diamond because it has five points. And it has a lot to do with your personal financial situation, your risk tolerance, your financial goals, as well as your confidence in the asset you want to invest in, as well as the market's pricing and the market sentiment. So majority of people getting the market having absolutely no idea what their risk tolerance is. They kind of guess, oh, I guess my risk tolerance is higher. I think I'm moderate. They yeah. guess, and this is not a guesswork. This is something that you actually have to sit down and punch in the numbers to understand what your ability and your willingness to take a risk is. And then from there, you can go and select assets that suit your risk tolerance, suit your age. Your Are you a mom? Are you a Are you single? Are you reaching retirement? So for each person it's going to be different. And that's why most people are like, okay, Cameron, just tell me like one cryptocurrency to buy. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. Hmm. Like Warren Buffett is a very, very smart person and legendary investor. He doesn't invest in cryptocurrencies. Even though I'm such a promoter of cryptocurrencies and I believe in it, I don't think Warren Buffett should invest in it because it's like 90. It doesn't make any sense for him to expose himself into something that for him is high risk because it's still in developing phases. So, personal finance is personal. So that is that is how our approach is different. Is that we, it is not a one size fits all, and we are not money managers. Obviously, So I help people become their own money manager.
1: Amazing. Yeah, so on on YouTube, you actually do share some of the things that you actually do. I thought that was really cool because a lot of people have that question. Well, what do you do? And you're like, well, you know, here's what I just did. So I thought that was super cool. And, you know, and even, you know, our, our, uh, the mentor that we share, Myron says that, you know, when you have tactics, that's what people like these little tactics, but it works out there. Uh, It's psychology because if it was all just one tactic. Then everybody would just do that thing, but that's just not how it works.
0: Right. So that is actually a very great point. The keyword here is psychology. And it's interesting because I learned a lot about investing by learning more about entrepreneurship. Because if you're a great entrepreneur, if you're good at sales, if you understand marketing, then you can assess these companies that you want to invest in. Because a stock or cryptocurrency is just basically a token of the value of a company that is driven by an entrepreneur, by a team of marketers, by a team of salespeople. So when I look at a company, I do look at their marketing plan I do look at their entrepreneur I do look at their influence some of the best investment strategies that I've learned actually are from entrepreneurship books like Mm -hmm. play bigger oh my gosh I'm like I I got like my whole fundamental analysis how to strategy from the book play bigger and even I learned from Myron Golden it's like absolutely amazing so I would absolutely want to encourage because I feel like your target audience are entrepreneurs if you're an entrepreneur you are going to be a good investor because you understand what works. So you can kind of back, you can geek out, you can find out the templates of these big companies and figure out if they're doing the right thing. And if they are a the kind of company that you want to be a part of, then you can go and buy their shares.
1: Mm-hmm. So if some for somebody listening, say that they're entrepreneur and they're starting to do they're good and making say got an extra five, 10 grand a month to invest, or they're sitting on a hundred grand. Um, what would be the first step you would tell somebody to do? All right. Maybe so the research. first
0: step, Let, let's get into it. Okay. So one thing I do want to mention is that you, you might, have you heard of inflation?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. So
0: inflation has gone crazy. It has always been crazy and is now at a peak again. Even if, when inflation is not high, keeping your money in the bank is like setting it on fire. Hmm when the inflation is high is even worse because what is happening is that your dollar amount that is sitting in the bank is just losing its value to inflation year after year, minute after minute. So the first thing you want to do, you want to understand what your emergency fund is. So let's explain what an emergency fund is. Emergency fund is, especially as an entrepreneur, your emergency fund may be a little bit different than somebody has a full-time job because yeah. you may have, I don't know, higher or lower Mm -hmm. um, stability in your business. As you know, as an entrepreneur, our business may have cycles. So figure out how long can your business go without producing any sales. Mm -hmm. Get that number and the number that you have to pay for the necessities of your life per month. So your mortgage, your food, insurance anything that you need to have and have so you have a whole monthly average that you need to have maybe then for your business is going to be paying your employees without having to fire them if something really happens to your business you want to have an emergency fund for personal personal expenses and for your business i have both yeah. and you again depending on your age depending on how certain you are about your business like at this point I don't need a massive emergency fund because like I have created enough brand recognition that even when our business takes a hit, I know that I can just do a live event and make a million dollars. So I'm less, my risk tolerance, my ability to take a risk has gone higher. Therefore, my emergency fund is smaller and anything after my emergency fund, I invest. But there is no strategic reason why you should keep your money in the bank. Mm-hmm. because it's just losing its value. The bank is taking your money, investing it on their, on their own, giving you a tiny interest back while they're making bank with your money. They are making your money work for them. And that's why, by the way, they kind of promote investing as risky. Because of course, if you're investing, your money is not going to be in the bank. So it's in their benefit if you don't invest. And also they want to kind of promote this all the, oh, investing is risky. You can't do it by yourself. So they make it very, very intimidating. I know this because I used to work on Wall Street because if they don't make it intimidating, then money managers and financial advisors will go out of business. So it is to their benefit if you don't understand how to invest your own money. But I know that nobody will care about your money more than you. And that's what the mission is, to help you become your own money, money manager.
1: I love it. Yeah, it's, uh, there's this Jim Rohn quote. He says, everything's risky investing is risky but wait till they send you the bill for not investing mm. it's uh yeah, me it's,
0: about it. yes. yeah
1: yeah so yeah you know, i i saw you speak at funnel hacking live it's amazing by the way i love your your energy love your story and if you could share with other folks like kind of how did you get into this jam What did? uh because it's not typical that a woman especially a bubbly energetic fun uh woman yeah, I around <laughs> masculine Place. So yeah, it's, it's just very refreshing to see, um, and you've been so successful at it. Kind of walk us through how you got into this whole this whole jam.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually didn't have any financial background. I didn't go to school for finance. I I was born and raised in Iran. I had the whole money mindset issues growing up. And I went to Japan to study something completely different. And then in Japan, also the topic of money is absolutely taboo. So Mm. I wasn't really even involved in anything like that until 2008 market crash happened. And I accidentally like really by chance made $10,000 doing a very high risk trade just by chance and making $10,000 doubling my money within a month. Where I'm like, Mm. oh my gosh, this is super cool. And I became fascinated with finance. I learned about the importance of investing, especially at the times of crisis because inflation and the printing money. So I learned about these back then when I was in Japan and I made the mistake of that any other logical adult will make, which is, okay, I don't know how to invest. I know that I got lucky and I made this $10,000. I'm gonna hire a money manager to manage the rest of my money for me. And uh, it didn't turn out very well because mm-hmm. they kind of um they weren't they weren't doing that well with the money and then when i needed it years later when i got fired from my job they said okay if you want to get your money out you have to give us a penalty and it was just absolutely ridiculous that they were investing they were underperforming the market average and then to give me my money back they wanted to charge me a penalty, which is, by the way, the case with your 401k, with your Roth IRA, any of these things, if you want to get it out early, you have to pay a penalty, which is yeah. the reason why the average uh, Americans pay, I think it's about $5.4 billion per year in early withdrawal fees from 401k and our Roth IRAs. This wow. was not a 401k, this was an actual money manager, but still, it was that was the case, right? So, I was super pissed off about this and um, and I, I decided to take things in my own hands and learn about becoming, I was like, okay, let me go become a money manager. And I studied for the Certified Financial Planning and I studied, studied for CMT, Chartered Market Technician and all these things. And that is when I found out that it is in their best interest that mm-hmm. normal people don't know about this but that's how they train you. And then when you're at a broker, again, I'm not saying like CFPs or financial advisors are bad people, but because you have to be a part of a corporation, of an organization, and you have to have the best interest of the corporation in your mind, then you cannot actually assist your clients at the highest level because otherwise the corporation is not going to see the revenue. So I learned about all those things and I was like, you know what, I prefer to give up my CFP title because the only way you can keep your CFP title is if you are a part of a corporation. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to become an educator, which by the way is interesting because as a CFP, you are not allowed to educate people. Like you're not allowed to be on social media talking about these things, which is absolutely ridiculous. So I was like, I I don't want the CFP title. I'm just going to go educate people. I don't want to manage their money. I want them to become money managers. So, That is kind of the story. So it started when I came to New York. Any
1: any big mistakes that you made? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Massive, massive mistakes. So I started out actually, um, so I did get a job on Wall Street uh, at a Forex broker. Okay. So that was my first exposure to actually trading. Mm -hmm. And I kind of believed that forex trading is real. And I started trading and I could see what the broker was doing. And there were, I could, so here's, here's one secret. I don't think I've ever even mentioned this to anybody before, but when I was at the broker, I knew the broker was taking advantage of the traders. I knew that they would win when the traders lose,
1: right?
0: Right. And it really bothered me. And I did talk about this to my boss and it was like, it was like, like well, this is not like, why don't we, and I, I wasn't like looking at it from like a very moral point of view. I was like, how about we don't go against them and they make more money and they will come back. And it was like it doesn't work that way because it's all about the hype and FOMO. And if they lose, they're actually going to come back. They have, we're going to give them one win and then a lot of losses, and it's become an addiction. So they mm-hmm. have the whole thing figured out. And um, so that—that's how workers work, by the way. So, but I, I was still kind of sold to the whole thing, even though I knew What's, about this. No i continue good
1: use for a good thing no no okay no, there's no, so no, many no, not people. at all
0: so no. the miss the biggest mistake. So I, I got fired from it from that job i think because of my big mouth or maybe because I was the only woman in the I, I don't know whatever reason i got fired from that job which was the absolute blessing although it obviously led into a lot of hard times Amy yeah, I was gonna say, did,
1: did that have an impact on you? Uh, oh yeah, the- absolutely. Mm-hmm. So
0: I got fired. Obviously, first of all, the first thing that happens when you get fired is such a slap in the face, and your ego is like just completely crushed. And if, especially if you thought you were doing a good job. And then I didn't tell anyone that I was fired. It was like, oh, I quit. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and then I, I didn't want to kind of give up my lifestyle. So I had this apartment on the Upper East Side. I had finally had it all. But then it was taken away from me and I continued living there. I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing things. Maybe I'll start something. And I um, kind of, that is when I wanted, I went back to my money manager, to the money manager. said, so I need the money. And they said, you can't have it back without giving a massive penalty. And I was like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. So let me see what else I can do. But I eventually ran out of money to pay rent. Mm. And then I had to just live on my friend's couches. And actually two weeks later after that, my boyfriend dumped me. So all the things that happened, like, you know how it happens. Like one yeah. thing goes wrong and then everything else goes wrong. And um, I was very, then I had a falling out with my family. So everything like really, really, really went wrong. And yeah. then I decided to make the shift. And
1: so when um, you make this shift though, when, so what happened there? Cause a lot of people like they, they hit rock bottom, they lose their job, they're broke. And then you say, well, you got to start creating the habit early on of investing, but they're like, well, I'm going to wait till I get some money and then I'm going to invest. But you were already kind of sold on investing, even when you didn't have any money and couldn't pay rent. So you still had the psychology that this is super duper important. So what did you do from that point?
0: Right. Money to invest. So I actually, so here's what happened, right? So I started, I, w- I was trading a little bit and I was making some money and I knew at that point that I wanted to start Investiva. So I started Investiva after um, I got fired. Okay. And then, so I talked about a little bit about my Zen wealth generator. Now that is like the three steps that I take to make money. Mm. And at the time I didn't have a name. It's just something that I did. So I knew that I was running out of money. So I was like, okay, I have to, I have, and I knew that I have to have money to invest. Right. Because you cannot make the money you don't have work for you. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I did was that I invested in myself and I learned how to read off a teleprompter. Mm Because I was like, if I can learn how to read off a teleprompter, then maybe I can get a job as a news anchor or like some sort of financial analyst on Wall Street. And it did happen. Although they were not paying me. (laughs) I I was like... But it was a good experience because it was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn more and more about trading. I'm going to be surrounded by financial analysts. I'm going to report on it. And it's going to be an investment investment in, my, in myself. And then I was surrounded by, I was actually reporting from the New York Stock Exchange. So I was mm-hmm. surrounded by all these traders. I was like, oh my gosh, what are, what are you doing? What, is, what are you doing? And at this point, um, I think some of my gigs were paying me. So I did go ahead.
1: What year is this? This
0: This is 2011. Okay. Some of the gigs were paying me some money and I was like doing some gigs here and there just to, just to keep up, just to like not starve. And I am pretty savvy. So I did end up saving just a little bit of money. And then I was like, okay, I'm surrounded by all these people in New York Stock Exchange. They know what they're talking about. They're making all this money. So I started following them. And I did what they were doing, and I went in with my all the savings and I, I I had and I started day trading the way they were doing, and I lost that.
1: Wow. <laughs> day trading didn't work.
0: Did yeah. not oh. work. And yeah, I was like, what,
1: the what like, like, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. I was like, how is this possible? I'm doing what these people like big guys, the hedge fund managers, the trading for. I'm on the floor. How is it that I'm losing money and they're making money? And that was when uh, this person who changed my life, Guys Fire, um, I actually posted about this on LinkedIn. So he's like, it looks like I, I can see your videos. I was doing videos, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. you have a lot of potential, but you're doing things wrong. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, you got to start, tra- stop trading and to start investing. And I'm like, how is that even different? And that is when I found out that day trading it only works if it is your professional job Mm -hmm. and you're managing millions upon millions of other people's money, why? Because day trading is extremely emotional. Mm -hmm. And if you're managing your own money, first of all, and you're not managing a ton of money, that means you need to go and borrow money from a broker. And because there's a lot of fluctuations on day by day, if you're borrowing money from a broker, Mm -hmm. and the market goes against you and you are on borrowed money and you lose the borrowed money, you not only lose the borrowed money, you also lose your initial capital that you had in there. Mm -hmm. That's why it's super important that you're managing, you have like massive leverage, massive cash to go in with so that your leverage doesn't even matter as much so that this daily fluctuations don't kill you day mm-hmm. trading for an average retail trader who wants to start with 500 bucks does not work. Does not work. Mm. But if you invest and don't borrow money from your broker and you just let it compound in the long term that is where growth generational wealth is at.
1: Is that just people putting their money into like a blue chip stock or like an index fund?
0: So All right. So index fund is like the lazy way to get started. And that's fine. It's better than nothing. And it's definitely better than not investing at all. So now how I kind of differentiate between an index fund or assets that you have carefully selected based on your risk tolerance and financial goals is kind of like taking the bus or driving your own car. Mm -hmm. So both might get you to the destination, but when you're taking the bus, which is kind of like index- index investing in an index fund, the index fund that is managed by the money managers, they are the driver. And it's, it might, they might stop on the places you don't want to stop. It might take a little bit longer. It, might, it will probably get, get you to your destination and it probably is lower risk because mm-hmm. especially if you don't know how to drive, if you don't have a driver's license, it is high risk to have your own car. So having your own car may be a little bit more high risk, but if you know what you're doing, first of all, you have to understand that higher risk is directly correlated with high reward. So the higher risk that you take, the higher your reward will be. And your risk tolerance, it is not only your financial situation, it is not only your willingness to take a risk, it also has to do with your confidence, Mm -hmm. right? So if you go in the markets without confidence, your risk tolerance is actually lower so obviously that this is when education comes in so i prefer not to invest in index funds i have i choose my own assets and the re, one of the other reasons why i like to choose my own assets is because you also vote for companies that you like with oh. your money in an index fund there may be a bunch of companies that may not really go along with your moral beliefs may be investing in things that doing things that you don't really like, maybe supporting political parties that you don't really like.
1: No. So,
0: you know, you have, again, more control when you're selecting your own assets.
1: It's it's interesting that the media, people's perception of this, because this is current, um, and I know this will come out in a couple of weeks, but what are your opinions on the Disney stock right now? Regardless of, you know, all the stuff, I'm sure you've, you've seen some of the, the media about it. Do you think they'll bounce back? Uh, what, you know, it's just how, uh, internal ideas are affecting public opinion and, and vice versa, and it's kind of backfiring on them uh, right now, at least, what do you think is going to happen there?
0: So, okay. <laughs> can I give you, before I answer your question, can I give you um, a little bit of insights uh, about my investing, like how, how I do make my investment decisions? Yes. So step number one is that I turn off the news. Okay. So even though I am on the news often, I do not listen to the news. So actually to answer your question, I do not know what's going on with Disney in terms of news because it doesn't matter because I actually own Disney stocks and I selected them because of reasons that matter to me. So I'm a value investor and I invest typically in category kings, companies that improve life, companies that help us do something better, faster and cheaper and companies that do something good for the humankind. Now, I'm, I probably, if I, well, I haven't actually managed portfolio. I haven't looked into Disney for the past month because I know, it. I know they're down. I didn't look at the media and the market sentiment as to why they're down because my long-term five, 10 year projection for Disney relies on not the market sentiment and what the cheater chatter about them is, but on the underlying value. Like why is Disney valuable? If you understand, like as an entrepreneur, you can appreciate the brand recognition. You can appreciate that they are a category king. You can appreciate like the deep pockets that they have that Mm -hmm. a chitter chatter maybe. So can you explain to me what happened? I would love to know.
1: They've taken a strong stance on educating parents um, and a lot of their content has been uh, sexualized. Um, You know, teaching sex education to kids, a lot of very far left um kind of kind of jam and so a lot of people have pulled uh their subscriptions off Disney Plus uh season pass holders i think they're down like i mean they're they're down they're
0: by. down by a lot i've noticed that in my portfolio and so I that's
1: that's why it. and uh you All know right. that that whole jam you know and i regardless of somebody's political or you know liberal you know conservative beliefs it's just interesting to see a real example of uh, how, uh, you know, because they're, they've been around forever. They are category king. So is it a good time to buy? Is it not? You know, it's like, and I think some people get emotional with it. So it's just, it's all fascinating to me.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is actually perfect. Thank you so much for bringing this up. So should you buy more Disney? First of all, how do you feel about this? Yeah. You don't have to answer that, but does this thing, because as I said, you actually do vote with your money. hmm so if this thing that Disney's doing really bothers you, then maybe don't buy. No. You don't care if you're pro it, then. So this is another example I can give you. So for example, Chipotle back in 2017, mm-hmm. they had this, they were going up, they were doing very, very well. And then mm-hmm. 2017, they had this virus that got, got around and they mm-hmm. got a lot of people sick. Yeah. And the media was trashing them. And people were like, all the news, all over the news. And the yeah. stock prices dropped. Mm-hmm. You, bought- so you know that this, of course I did. <laughs> right. I bought, and I didn't even buy at the market price. I have this method that I used to see how low it could go. Because history repeats itself. Yeah. The markets is all about market sentiment. It's all about psychology, it's all about understanding what other people are thinking and saying, and then using it to your advantage to create a strategy. So because the market prices have a rhyme, they have patterns, they're actually able to see how low it could actually drop. So with Disney, I actually do have buy limit orders at much lower prices, because there is a chance that it could actually get there. and. Uh, so explain that,
1: buying borders, is that where you, uh, if it goes to a certain place pr- price, there's an automatic purchase? And so you set you that basically up? Basically
0: tell your broker, hey, I'm not going to be sticking around my computer all day, just buy when and if it reaches this level.
1: So you just have, is it like on E-Trade or something like that?
0: All of the okay. brokers have it.
1: Okay. And that's like anybody can set that up?
0: Anybody can set that up. Amazing. You set it up as a good till cancel order. Not a day order because you wanted to like I have bilingual orders that go through after six months. No. And it's awesome. That's why I don't have to manage my money all the time. It's all all set up.
1: Amazing. Yeah, it's uh when when they announced that they were gonna do the the vaccines. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy, and regardless of somebody's opinion, right, my buddy did not get the vaccine. He's he is against vaccines, but he saw that they had signed the deal with Pfizer, so he bought a ton of Pfizer stock. And I know he's he's up. This was two years ago, and he's mm-hmm. like, this is gonna this is gonna really rise up. So it's it's interesting to see, um, you know, all of that. And really, it's you know, I I invested in Tesla, kind of at the top of the market. Um, and I don't I've even looked. It went down after. But you know, I I believe in that company. I just like Elon. So I. But it's interesting. He smoked some weed, uh, and he said some things, and the stock goes down. You know, or anybody mentions anything with Trump, those stocks would go go down. Uh, it's it's you know my uh, we we're connected pretty tightly with uh, Operation Underground Railroad, mm-hmm. and we give money there and uh you know tim ballard he he interviewed donald trump and then it was like 30 percent of people took their monthly subscriptions away right. they'd rather see children get you know uh, abused than have him a relationship with the the you know the president regardless of somebody's beliefs on that is right. just you know, emotions drive uh people
0: that's all that drives the markets that's yeah. literally all that drive the markets Mm -hmm. so the markets go up and also you know how myron talks about why people buy
1: Yeah, because they feel like it
0: because they feel like it and the same thing is applied to the stock market to cryptocurrency market and another thing that myron says is that everybody wants to do what everybody else is doing and nobody wants to do what anybody nobody else is doing and if you are in that community and if you're seeing everybody is selling then what are you going to do to buy. You're gonna sell. No, if you're not, if you're not oh, trained yeah. by Investiva, yeah. you are going to sell because you want to do what everybody else is doing.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So what I do then, as a successful investor, of course you want to follow your morals and all the good stuff. But then, as an investor, when you understand that the market is just going up and down based on this, mm-hmm. and then you're going to make the decision: Hey, I want to follow the rest of the market who's doing this, or I want to go against the market, and if this thing that is causing people to panic sell or go in FOMO buying mode doesn't bother you as much and you can see past it, then you can go against the crowd. And that is another reason why you don't want to invest in index funds, because then you're not going to have that ability.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's what I do just because that's the safe stuff that we do. Um, That's that's safe.
0: It's better than not investing at all like yeah. if you're if you're not in, like if you just don't want to even get bothered with it, start with index funds, but there is a lot more control when you're doing it with your own like create your own invest index fund
1: yeah, there you go yeah that's uh, <laughs> that's smart um can a person do that?
0: No, I mean well my portfolio is my index fund because I have that's my cool. own assets and people like I share this with people, and then people go and buy like. An index fund is just a basket of assets that a money manager decided are the best and they'd allocate different ways to different assets. So for example, you like Tesla, I like Tesla. I like to allocate a lot more money to Tesla than another company, right? Mm -hmm. So you get to decide how much Tesla you buy, how much other company you buy. Uh, I just like that control. So an index fund is nothing like super crazy. It's just a, a basket of different assets. And you can have like your portfolio is going to be your next month.
1: Yeah. When you were, you know, down and then you got a job, reading the teleprompter, all that stuff starting out, you didn't have a lot of money. Um, What were the first steps that you took to get some
0: money so you could invest? Right. So as I was gaining, as I said, so the first step is obviously to invest in yourself. So this is a Zen wealth generator. I actually didn't tell you the three points. Step one, invest in yourself. Step two, increase your income. Step three, invest your income. Don't go investing if you don't have an increased income. Okay. You can't make the money you don't have. Like a lot of people get into investing because they want to like increase their income. No, it doesn't work that way. It is Mm -hmm. better that you spend your time and talents into actually providing value through side hustles, through having your own business. I think everybody needs to have their own business because then you get a lot of tax breaks. So Anybody needs to have their own business. Anybody should constantly be looking to increase their income and then invest that income. So what I did is I was investing in myself. I was doing the teleprompter thing for free for people. And then I got better and better. So people were now paying me. And then I got so good that I I started creating content for myself and then a publisher wanted to publish my content. So that is how I published my first book back in 2012. Hmm. And ironically, it is about forex trading, but I wanted to teach people how to do it right. That is how the Investiva Diamond Analysis was even created to teach them how to do this without taking too much risk, without, because um, forex was my world. I was just trying to figure out a way to help people do it better. So my target audience was current forex traders who were losing money. But then I decided, you know what? It's just after Guy told me like trading is not the way to go, I decided to go in a different direction. So I no longer do Forex, but my first book is about Forex, which is why I come up in those (laughs) forms a lot. But so that's what I did. I started making more money and then I had a book deal. So I then invested my whole, I I got $10,000 out of that book deal. They gave me a down payment of that. So I invested that money and then slowly but surely I grew. And I started with, uh, I was contributing 500 bucks per month. And then as I increased my income, my now I contribute sometimes half a million dollars from us, which is super cool.
1: Amazing. Uh, and here's kind of a, a different question. You know, it's like we teach these four levels of influence, and to be influential, a part of what you transfer uh, when you communicate is your certainty. And when you have something like uh, finances, stocks, anything where there's so much fear attached to it, and you are relatively new um, and you're a female in this male dominated world, but it will allow somebody to um, move forward in their business and their life despite challenges is a certainty or a belief in the unknown, which is faith. Um, And for you, you didn't, did you have a financial background from your parents? Like, where do you think um, you were able to generate the confidence and certainty within yourself, especially when times were down? Like, is that from your family? Like, how do you think that, because a lot of people, regardless of the advice they get, they're just consumers, they're consuming more, and they are investing in themselves, but they're not doing anything, and or they've made some bad mistakes. And so they lose their certainty in their self and their ability, and they lose sight of a compelling future or their vision. Because um, uh, I can hear by the way you communicate, you're very certain, you're very sharp, uh, you know, and a lot of people, they're developing that, they're, they're, we're all works in process. But what do you think, like, where does that come from for you?
0: So <laughs> that's interesting that you mentioned, because lack of confidence was the reason why I got into Myron Goldens. Mastermind, So it looks like that it's working. So <laughs> working um, no, I have been, I, I wasn't always confident. The um, But confidence, so it's interesting family, right? That you mentioned that my parents didn't teach me about money, but my dad was an entrepreneur and I'm from Iran, from a Jewish family. So before the Iranian revolution, my dad was actually a very successful entrepreneur. This is before I was born. After the revolution, the new Iranian regime took over my dad's company. They were going to kill him. They decided mm-hmm. not to kill him, and then they for, they um, forbid him forbade him from leaving Iran. And then the war happened. So I was born during the war, but all, all I could hear was how amazing their life was before, and yeah. now they were like really really in bad shape. No. And so it's funny because I feel like it was like a defense mechanism for people say money doesn't buy happiness. So that's that's how it kind of became our mantra. So my parents went into extreme money preservation phase. And um, you know how Myron talks about the four levels of people is like free people, and pre- so that that's how they became because they had to like mm-hmm. stick to every penny that they had. So their mindset shift, shifted, and so did mine. And that's why money was something that we wouldn't even discuss. So
1: it the, it from a good money consciousness to a bad, to a being a trying to get things for free because. Yeah,
0: the, because they didn't easy. have it. And, and um, so that is what, what I grew up with. And then in Japan, the culture there also. So I lived in Japan yep. for seven years and um, talking about money is super taboo. And then I studied electrical engineering there and mm-hmm. like as an engineer, like, if I talked about money to my professor, it was like, oh, you are just a scientist. You shouldn't even think about money. As if like being a scientist and like having money are mutually exclusive. Like you cannot be a good person and have money. So that is what I was, that, that was my money mindset, which is probably the reason why when I got to some money, when I came to New York, I, maybe like, I mean, I got fired from my job. Obviously I can blame it on my boss, but also maybe... I didn't feel like I deserved it. I thought money is bad. So a lot of things, but I have been a work in progress. I have, the one thing that if you go down deep to my why's, like why do I keep growing? Why do I do the things I do is like anybody else. I just want to make my pa- my parents proud. So yeah. I think that was the influence that I wanted to kind of show them that I can get that, like they lost all their money. So I wanted to get the money back. So that was my, my driving point: I really wanted to bring my parents to the U.S. and get them a house and and set them free, which is what I did, and that was the goal. That was driving. So amazing. Yeah, yeah. we um, always have this like, you know, inner wise. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he uh, he lives in uh, in the valley now in Los Angeles. Sam Sadi, uh, Iranian and but grew up here went to Berkeley and all of that yeah it's just it's interesting relationship with the parents and you know we come over there and there's you know it's the the treats and all that stuff it's just a different different culture over when I go to his parents house and we have Thanksgiving together and stuff now but yeah it's uh it's different over there and a lot of families came here to the states that were wealthy there and became very poor here and you could tell they still had this almost sort of regalness about them but they're living in, you know, uh, dire means, and some of them working at convenience stores and things like that. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to see the work ethic and how a lot of them, especially in the Burbank area uh, of California, there's a lot of Iranian people there. It's,
0: it's, they call it Tehran It's like Tarantula. all versions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My whole family, my relatives are all there.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I with uh, working for Tony. We I mostly spoke at companies, mostly real estate companies, and I would do presentations. Um, and try to sell people into the Tony Robbins events, and those were just some shrewd negotiators. I remember just doing these events, and they're just like they're attacking me at the end. And I'm like, I'm like, well, this is you know this isn't how it's supposed to go. Um, so it, it threw me off initially, but that's that's really cool. Um, and so you've you built you started re- relatively early on teaching teaching financial education. Um, to help you with their psychology and you've built your business. Tell us a little bit about like, what does your business do? Who are your ideal clients? I used mentioned mention women, but where are they at? And kind of like, how do you help people? You help them with their thought process, you help in this Zen wealth generator. You know, right. You know, yeah. You know, so, you know.
0: absolutely. Thank you for that question. So, the first thing we do, we actually get people into this, our most popular masterclass is free, and we teach them what the, the IDDA, the Investiva Diamond Analysis, the five points, how to do that for themselves, how to calculate their risk tolerance, how to understand their, how to set their financial goals, and then how to select the right assets at the, and buying, and buying it at the right price, mm-hmm. following the market sentiment or not following the market sentiment. So we do, we teach them the five points of the Investiva Diamond Analysis. So we get to people first. From the investing side. So, majority of our audience are people who are interested. They want to take control of their financial future. They've heard about investing. They're kind of scared of getting in. They dabbled a little bit. They heard something on Twitter. They lost some money. Maybe their money is with their money manager. They're not very happy about it. And a lot of women, in case of a lot of women, is that they're in marriages and they want to be in control. Maybe they're thinking about. I don't know, uh, women do live longer. So it is very important for them to actually be in charge of yeah. that. Is, it is my mission, regardless of how you relate, what your relationship with, is with your husband. So women need to be in charge. So that that is, that is our I, ideal client. People who want to learn to invest and make their money work for them the right way without falling for all this jibber jabber on the news so that they can manage their money just like, one hour per week, and then the rest of it go increase their income, increase their influence, do the things they love, chill out with their family. Oh. And then with the Zen Wealth generator, it's the next step because we got a lot of we have over two hundred thousand subscribers now and they're starting making money and then uh, with investing, they're starting investing and they're super excited. but then they run out of money to invest. And then that is when we teach them to how to increase their income, which is what uh, we do with the um, other side, which is we, we teach them how to increase their influence, how to write a book, how to create a tribe, wow. how to basically become a business owner that can get some side hustle money or even get into yeah. levels. S-
1: Setting up systems to generate the wealth so they can invest. So you help them with that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, you know, let me just ask you this, where can people find out more about you, Uh, you know, maybe it's this masterclass, like where can people, and we'll we'll put this in the show notes, of course, where can people find out more about you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would love people to, this is our number one, most popular masterclass. So all you have to do is to go to investdiva.com for slash masterclass and it's free and it's about 90 minutes and you get my risk management toolkit for free and you can start investing just by attending the masterclass and as I said, it's just one of our most popular ones. It's helped so many people. So uh, definitely start there. I think that would be, it. and if you want to follow me on Instagram, one request that I have from you, I have a billion impersonators. Mm, yeah.
1: Same. The
0: moment you start following me, my impersonators are going to start following you, telling you that they are my backup account. I do not have backup accounts. My only accounts. Have blue verified check mark. That is the only place I interact with you. Don't follow my impersonators. Don't give them money. And I never ask you to give me Bitcoin. All right. All of our products are on our website. So, just let's get get that out of the way.
1: It's crazy. Is, it, is there any questions I should have asked you that didn't? Anything else that I that I forgot to ask you that I should have?
0: Ah, about what? <laughs> I don't know. That's um. A- well. I think maybe one of the questions people ask me is like, is cryptocurrency is a, is a good way to go or is the stock market is a good way? Should I invest first or then go make money? Should I, can I invest when I'm in debt? Um, and the answer is, first of all, should you invest if you're in debt? It depends what kind of debt. If it's credit card debt, then maybe no, but any other kind of debt, then maybe yes. Because the interest you're paying on your debt is potentially lower even if as the market average return, which is around eight to 12% per year. So kind of take a look at that, that could be a good uh, indicator. But other than that, um, another question you could have asked me is, what are my books?
1: (laughs) Yes, I see the books right there. Uh, Cryptocurrency, tell us about the books, please.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I do have seven books, three of them are bestsellers. Seven. Yes. Wow. I'm like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a geek. I write Imagine books.
1: You were in Japan for 17
0: years? Seven years. Seven. I'm not that old
1: Yeah. It's like, cause you look so young. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm not that young either. <laughs> According to Alex Ramosi, I'm middle-aged now, because apparently. Um,
1: you saw that. Yeah. 37
0: is the new middle age. So I just turned 38. So there you go. Wow. But um, yeah, I was, I was in Japan until I was 25.
1: Okay. And tell us about these books. So you got the cryptocurrency investing. When did you write that? Cause it's like, it seems new, but it's not, it's been around a while.
0: Not. I wrote this right after I gave birth, they contacted me 2018. I was like two weeks into maternity leave. And then yeah. they're like, do you want to write this book? And I'm like, I cannot let this opportunity go by. So this came out 2018, 18 end of 2018. And then now, actually literally starting today, I'm writing the second edition of this just to make some updates because the landscape have changed. has changed. So that is my cryptocurrency investing for dummies book. Again, you can find that on our website as well. If you want some bonuses, you can also find it on Amazon. My other book that has recently become bestseller is the Million Dollar Family Secrets. That is where I talk about the Zen wealth generator.
1: Amazing. Um, I'm going to check this out. And I'm going to hop in that masterclass myself. Um, This has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking this time. We'll put uh, links to everything in the show notes. And um, yeah, we really appreciate you doing this. And um, yeah, I guess I'll see you at one of the mastermind events here pretty soon.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this. This is fun. And I hope that your audience got some value out of this.
1: I know I did. And I'm sure they did as well. Thank you so much. And everybody, we'll see you again real soon. Till the next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, Eli.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Everything is Influence podcast. If you got value from this episode, loved what you heard, and you want to go deeper into really understanding the core fundamentals of influence, then I have one more gift for you. I've put together a special training just for the listeners of this podcast that breaks down the four levels of influence and how to start using these tools in your life today. If you want that free training, then go to wildinfluence.com forward slash go. That's wildinfluence.com forward slash go. That's wild with an E at the end, then influence.com forward slash go. All you need to do is enter your name, email, and phone number, and we will send that over to you straight away. Until the next time, my friend, this is Eli signing off from the Everything is Influence podcast.